0: You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, I'm ready to get started. I want to welcome all of those that are joining us on podcast today. We are thrilled that you are with us today. Turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. I want to welcome you today to part two of this two-part series on the Ten Commandments. Uh, Today there seems to be a a lot of confusion on the role of the Ten Commandments in the life of the Christian. Uh, the, the, The person who has been forgiven and washed clean by the blood of Jesus... Okay, well, what part does the Ten Commandments... Then play in their life. There, there's just a lot of confusion on the Ten Commandments and the New Covenant. I can't go back and reteach part one. If you missed it, refer to the podcast. It's just vital that you see all that we talked about in part one. Absolutely, no doubt, no question today, under the New Covenant, we are saved by grace. We're not saved by keeping the law. Our access to God is through his grace. No question about it. But the picture of our salvation was given to us in the Old Testament as Moses delivered the Hebrews from slavery in Egypt. That is our blueprint from God concerning the coming of the new covenant. It was grace. It was God's grace that delivered the Hebrews. They were enslaved and they could do nothing to free themselves. It was all God's grace. It was God's miraculous deliverance of his kids from bondage. After the deliverance, after their salvation, after their freedom, then God gives the Ten Commandments on how his saved, delivered kids are to live. And that's our blueprint today under the new covenant absolutely we don't gain access to God by keeping the law that comes through Jesus but after receiving our access to God through Jesus here's the way God's children those who are children of God should live today I'm not talking about forgiveness of sins. I'm not talking about our salvation. I'm not talking about our access to God. Today, I'm not talking about being cleansed. I'm not talking about being set free. Today, we're talking about a lifestyle that a free person then can operate free. And that is for both individuals and for a nation. Last week in part one it's vital. Go back and get all of that and, and bring yourself up to speed. There are 10 basic foundational commandments from God on how his kids are to live. Tim, you teach this one sermon all the time. I heard you teach it the last time you did it. To those accusations, I say, I do. And I will continue to teach this one sermon all the time and if you stay in this church for any length of time you will hear it more than this one time because i believe that it is the church's mandate from god to infuse the culture with a biblical lifestyle and we see in world history as you study from the beginning of time and as you look at any other nation all other nations across the world today and in the past A biblical lifestyle brings blessings to both individuals and to a nation. And you see when a nation did right in God's eyes, they were blessed. When you see a nation sinned in God's eyes, it wasn't good. Here we are. I want to look at the Ten Commandments to make sure that we In this community are infusing our community with God's Word on how he wants his people to live Exodus chapter 20 after his grace after his mercy after his forgiveness and deliverance Exodus chapter 20 verse 1 then God gave the people all these instructions I want a day to look at this one at a time We'll start with number one in verse two and three. I am the Lord your God. Do not worship any other gods before me. He alone is God and he alone is to be worshiped. And this is a tough one for a world of pluralism and multiculturalism and we just want to accept everybody and everything that they say or teach or believe. I'm just asking you to study any other God and what that has done to the people who follow that look at nations that are predominantly one religion or another and then look at the life of the people who live in that nation when you look through calcutta india trucks daily drive through the city picking up dead bodies dead from starvation while cows walk up and down the streets right beside those dead bodies We've got filet, we've got prime rib, we got T bone walking right beside dead people from starvation, but they wouldn't eat that because of their religion. In Haiti, half of the country, half of the country prays to Satan. Black magic is the largest percent of the population in Haiti. They've got the worst poverty in the Western Hemisphere. Let's look at what that religion has produced in the lives of the people living there. Hindus, in their class system, look at how people are treated under that religion. Muslim countries, as we look back just as recently as 9-11, as we look back at the Boston Marathon, and the list just continues, those were religious acts. We call them acts of terrorism. Those were religious acts. Those were people, and we read their writings right before they committed these crimes. They were honoring and serving their God. The beheading that is very common in, w- among Muslims, the reason is, is their leader, Muhammad, led in beheading people. That's what he did in conquering other tribes and other nations. He led in beheading. So, to follow their leader, that's what they do. Church, all religions are not the same nor do they produce the same results in the lives of the people. And I'm warning America, with our ideology here of pluralism and of tolerance, if we embrace the Muslim religion, witchcraft, Wicca, now the god of Gaia, we talk about that in the Bible. That's the worship of Mother Earth that idea is not new. It was uh, talked about in the Bible. Just look at the history of the world and look at nations. Look at their economy. Look at their treatment of people. Certainly look at their treatment of women. Look at other religions' treatment of women. Look at their value of life. Look at the health Of the individuals in that religion. And you can study every tribe. Every society. Every world power. Every country. Every continent. Since the beginning of time. We can go back and look. And the God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. Honored as he is God. You can look at the blessings. And the safety. And the prosperity. Of those groups of people. Study the world. Study its religions. And see what those religions produce in daily life. Number two, verse four, five, and six. Do not make any idols of any kind. Never worship or bow down to idols. Commandment number two is talking about idol worship. Now, when we say idol worship, immediately our thoughts go to lifeless brass or gold or wood or concrete carvings or statues made by human hands that people worship. While that is clearly true, I just want to remind you also, money can be an idol, car can be an idol, a house can be an idol, prestige, power can be an idol. What are you putting above God in your life? There's lots of things that can be an idol. I've seen a lot of child-centered homes where a mom makes an idol out of her children. Uh, Be careful. Be careful in your life that you are worshiping nothing over God. Nothing over God. You never worship or bow down to idols. It's not my opinion, this isn't my religion, just study world history. Look at any society that has idol worship and look at what happens in that society. 100% 100% of the time look at any society that is in idolatry number three verse seven Don't misuse the name of jehovah your god Some translations talk say god's name in vain when we read this commandment number three We immediately go to the profanity or the use of god's name in a profane way and clearly To ask God to bring his damnation on something. Clearly that's not something that you want to do. But let's move on a little further. What are ways that you can take God's name in vain? What are other ways? Doing shoddy work? Calling yourself a Christian and doing shoddy work? Calling yourself a Christian and not showing up on time? calling yourself a christian and putting 8 hours down on your time card when really you only work 7 hours of time i mean calling yourself wearing cross earrings and a cross necklace and then entertaining yourself in this way look at the ways that you can take god's name in vain attending church regularly and then you're listening to these kinds of songs you're going to these kinds of movies you're playing these kinds of movies in your home, in your family. mean, what are ways that you can take God's name in vain? Be careful. You don't want to take God's name in vain. Number four, verse eight. Remember to observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. The Bible tells us that we're to work six days and we're to rest one. We're to worship and honor God. We're to assemble ourselves together. The Bible's clear about working six days and then worshiping and resting and honoring God on the Sabbath. You know, many of us in here will have no clue about what I'm saying, nor have ever even heard this phrase before, but many of us in here grew up under blue laws. Many of us grew up under the blue law and before 1961 is when the supreme court allowed businesses to open on sunday many of you may not be aware of it but it was illegal in the united states to open your business on sunday that was illegal by law it was called the blue law you did not you weren't allowed to open our country so believed in the commandments of god our country was founded on the ten commandments the fourth commandment Remember the sabbath and keep it holy we had blue laws in this country and well, that was a long time ago in the length of our country's existence that wasn't very long ago 1961 wasn't very long ago and up until then it was illegal to open your business on sunday because we so believed that God wanted you to have a day of rest and for God wanted you to be in church on Sunday morning. Now, we've overturned that. It's interesting. Stress is at all-time high. Anxiety, worries, pressures, sicknesses, diseases, things that we are dealing with mentally and physically that we never dealt with before 1961. Do you think it might, God might have known what he was talking about when he said, one day a week... You need to come back and take a deep breath. Come and assemble yourself one with another. On Sunday, you cease from your labor. You come in here and you begin to worship God. And what happens in the middle of worship? You, you forget what you do for a living. You forget what you're faced with on Monday or Tuesday of this coming week. What happens when you begin to worship? You forget the pressures that you're under financially. What happens when you begin to worship? You start turning over the cares of your week to God. What happens when you come to kneel at the altar with your family? You pray over your home. You pray over your family. It realigns your priorities. It takes the worry and the stress and the pressure out of your gut. And you place it back in the hands of God. It's amazing what happens mentally and physically as well as spiritually whenever we will remember the Sabbath and we'll keep it holy and you make a lifestyle of that you know it's interesting to me when you read the fourth commandment remember the Sabbath and keep it holy except when you're tired except when you've had a long week well that's just my one day to sleep in we've had a hard week we're going to sleep in you've had a hard week that's all the more reason for you to be in church on Sunday morning. Oh, this is family day. Well, this is our day to stay at home. It's amazing the excuses that we use in breaking the fourth commandment. I don't know if you ever think about it, but you're not the only one here that really didn't want to come today. Just to clear that up. Here, look, let me tell you something. You can come today and sleep through this sermon. I don't have that privilege. I really don't want to come to church today. I've had a hard week myself. I've been working. Now i got to come. Not only do I have to come up here on Sunday morning, i got to stay awake for the sermon on Sunday morning. Let me just tell you, we're all in this together. We're all tired. We all have reasons to stay in. We all got reasons to roll over and go back to sleep. We all got reasons. Boy, I'd like to be at home right now in my recliner, my cup of coffee, my Bucky all pulled up right here. That'd be great right now. Except for I understand, when you honor God, when you keep the Sabbath holy, when you come in here and assemble one with another, I understand about windows of heaven. I understand about devour being rebuked. I understand about the blessings of God that are manifest in your life. You don't want to break the fourth commandment. You want to honor God, you want to worship Him on Sunday, and you want to keep this day holy. It's interesting. The first four commandments are all about our relationship with God. Let's go over them. No other God before him, no idols, only worship God, don't misuse his name, and honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. All four of the the first four commandments are about our relationship with God. Now we're going to look at the next six commandments, and they are about our duties and our relationship with one another. Many totally miss this, goes right over their head. But when they asked Jesus, which is the most important commandment? He didn't say number one or number three or number six. or what. They said, Jesus, which is the most important? Which is the greatest commandment? Is very interesting. What did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And do what? Love your neighbor as yourself. What goes right over people's head is in one sentence, he gave us all ten. He didn't do away with the Ten Commandments. He just gave all ten of them to us in one sentence. You honor God and you honor each other. Now let's go ahead and look at these next six that talk about our relationship one with another. Verse 12, number five. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that, it may, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you. Now it's very interesting. You don't honor your father and mother for them. You honor your father and mother for you. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you. The fifth commandment is the basis for society and family. Many of you remember brilliant, brilliant man. He's a former secretary of education, William Bennett. I read several of his books on education. Brilliant man. Former Secretary of Education William Bennett. Here's his quote. The traditional family is the first, best, and original Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. Very interesting. The, the first, best, the original Department of Health, Education, and Welfare is the intact family. According to God, next in line after him was parents. Bottom line, we will never hire enough police to control all the teenagers in the country. It takes parents. I can never watch the news with my wife. Not one time, not ever. That... Very quickly into the newscast, she's not screaming at the TV. Where are the parents? Think about it. Think about it. Ninety-nine percent of the news could have been solved with a mom saying, "What are you doing? Where? What the? What? what where are you?" My dad said, "After ten o'clock, nothing good happens. Get home." I mean, am I'm, I'm I'm amazed at every night's news what we're reporting that happened at two three and four o'clock in the morning and that's when my wife gets out of control where is the gum mom i'm telling you some of us had a mom that'd been out looking if you wasn't home by 10 and it wouldn't the police was the least of your worries i wish the police would find me handcuff me and shoot me before i wish my mom find me Two o'clock in the morning running around through the neighbor's yard and throwing rocks through windows and going in and holding up a convenience. Well, what the what? Just start watching the news. We just saw this last week. A 12 and a 13-year-old shot somebody. Think of what could be stopped in our country right now with an intact mom and a dad. Just with an intact mom and a dad, have it running herd over your own kids. You think it's hard for you to control one or two. Think about the police controlling the whole nation full of teenagers. It can't happen. Think God might have known that when he put us in an intact family and what that would mean for a society? Wait, you guys going to go out here and live free? We're going to have to have some folks honoring father and mother. we got to have father and mother intact. we got to have a family unit here or it's not going to work. Now we got fathers drunk and beating the mothers and mothers abandoning the kids and fathers child molesting. And we got two fathers and we got two mothers and good grief. Because of all this that's going on, look at what's happening in our society. And now, because parents are abandoning their kids, now we've got kids that don't have nothing to do with their parents. I, I, I'm always grieved and, and and hurt. I don't guess I'm shocked when I talk to rest home uh, workers that tell me the number of people that are put in there to die that never ever have a visitor. Never have a visitor. Wow. You don't think that they're kids. Their grandkids, never. But when you abandon your kids and your kids don't feel any loyalty to take care of you, I mean, look at the unraveling in society and what that cost is to America simply because we don't have families that are taking care of running the family business. Y'all that work in the court system, y'all that are dealing in the juvenile, y'all that, I mean, you see this every single day what this one commandment could turn around. In our country on your father and mother that you may live long that it may go well for you number six verse 13 you shall not murder the framers of the Declaration of Independence knew that rights were given to us by our Creator and the first right is the right to life after that we have liberty, and third is the pursuit of the happiness. Third is not the first; That's right. it's not the first. We have given by God a right to life. Number six, you don't murder. That's not your right to take an innocent life. Now let's just keep straight in our thinking. Ever since the law of Moses, there's been a clear mandate for execution of certain crimes. There's been a clear mandate. From the Bible, the law forbids murder, but it does not forbid capital punishment, and it does not forbid war to protect people. In revenge, in anger, just because you're mad, just because you want to go and steal something, you don't shoot somebody. Don't murder. Don't murder. No society can prosper if law and order is not established And families are intact and safe. How foolish to take down thou shalt not murder. How foolish to say that is religious in nature and the state can't support one religion over another. And so we've got to remove thou shalt not murder from the halls of our schools. So now we've got 12 and 13 year olds shooting and killing people. Just footnote this. I want the sixth commandment hung in the courthouse, on the courthouse lawn. I want it hung in the schools. I want it hung in the grocery stores where I go. I want it hung in every building that I do business. I want it on every post on the sidewalk. I want it in the Walmart parking lot. I want it in the parking lot of the mall when you leave the mall and go out. I want the sixth commandment posted everywhere I am. I don't consider that offensive for the world to be told, don't murder this man. Are you kidding me? That's religious in nature. Instilling in a generation's thinking. It's not the police you need to worry about. It's not the police catching you you need to worry about. You, young man, will stand before God. And you'll answer to God for everything you've done and everything you've said. Now you need to think about that before y'all walk out here. My grandmother ruined many of my times But you know, there was an instilling in the thinking, in the fabric of young people that, it doesn't matter. (laughs) All right, get in your desk. Teacher's coming. The teacher's coming. The teacher's the least of your worries. You're going to have to answer to God. Son, you need to know you're going to answer to God one day. If mom never finds out, if I don't ever, if you've had it from me your whole life, you will answer to God. I want every kid Every teenager at 2 o'clock in the morning going into the convenience store in the back of his mind, knowing, I got to answer for God for what I do in this convenience store. There's an instilling in the fabric of the thinking that allows America to operate like we operate. Number 7, verse 14 You shall not commit adultery. In the very beginning, God said, It's not good for man to be alone. For this cause, man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they will become one flesh. This was the first institution of mankind. It's a very interesting story in Genesis chapter 20, if you haven't read it lately. Abraham's wife, Sarah, was very beautiful. They were traveling, and Abraham got scared. They were coming into this territory. He got scared of King Abimelech. May want her because she was so pretty and to get her he may kill Abraham so he told Abraham told Sarah look you just tell him you're my sister and you go with him if he comes in here and push comes to shove don't let him kill me Abraham trying to save his own neck so Abimelech came in took Sarah uh, with him very interesting a heathen king Genesis chapter 20 God came to this heathen king in a dream here's what God said to him You're a dead man, for that woman is married. He's like, that'd be in your dream. God said, if you don't return her, your entire household will die. This heathen king jumps up, goes running back with Sarah to Abraham. What are you doing? What is the matter with you? This heathen king saw the cost of adultery. And now our society has become very, very casual about this. Think about this with me. Commandment number seven, don't commit adultery. Commandment number five, honor your father and mother. Intact homes and families. Father, mother, kids honoring their father and mother. Intact families. Just read statistics. I'm not asking you to to, to look at this through a religious eye. Just read statistics. Children from fatherless homes... Five times more likely to commit suicide. 32 times more likely to run away. 20 times more likely to have behavioral disorders. uh, 14 times more likely to commit rape. Nine times more likely to drop out of school. 10 times more likely to abuse chemical substance. Nine times more likely to end up in a state institution. 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Come on. 49% of child abuse cases are committed by single mothers. Just think about all that we deal with on a daily basis because of number five and because of number seven that we just can't put up because they're religious in nature. I'm not talking about my opinion. I'm not talking about my religion today. Childhood development studies show children reared by a never-married mother Are less cooperative and score lower on test of intelligence than children reared in intact families children from one parent families achieve less and get in trouble more than children from two parent families on and on and on just look at the statistics we've got to defy those statistics we've got to turn these trends around intact homes and families where folks are honoring father and mother why doesn't Hollywood want to put out shows that show a lifestyle that works. Why do we want to make shows and entertain a generation on a lifestyle that will cause destruction, hurt, and pain for themselves as well as our entire nation? Number eight, verse 15, you shall not steal. Boy, now there's a religious connotation that we sure don't want posted. Most when they read that think, well, my home hadn't been broken into, uh, I hadn't been stolen from, I'm, I'm good. Let me make you aware of just a few things. Studies show that the cost of shoplifting is 10 to $12 billion a year. Who pays for that? Now, the owner of every business has got to show a profit or they can't stay in business. Who pays for shoplifting? You and I do. On every single item that you buy every single item that you buy you pay a little more for it to over compensate for the shoplifting and the stealing that goes out the door you know the reasons the reason that you can go to sam's wholesale club and buy things cheaper is simply because you got to be a member to go in there and They've reduced by a certain percentage the amount of shoplifting they have and they can pass that savings on down to their customers But when you just got a store where people can walk in and poke in their shirts and their pockets and their pants in their And their sweaters you and I every item you pay has got to compensate for what just walked out the door that wasn't paid for very interesting workforce study of employees in restaurants the profit at restaurants without theft control 11 percent. The profit at restaurants with theft control is 30 percent. Now what is theft control in a restaurant? Simply every hour you count all the plates, you count all the napkins, you count all the silverware, you count all that's there, you count all those plates and then every hour you add up the amount of food that went out on plates and the amount of plates and you stop employees from selling food and putting money in their pocket instead of putting it in the in the drawer and you can more than double your profits are you kidding me aren't you so glad that wise politicians want to remove this from the teaching of our society and we don't be archaic and put all those laws on people I mean now stolen identities are becoming a thing we're stealing somebody's identity stolen time in wages You know, 15 minutes late every morning, 15 minutes longer for lunch than you're supposed to take. That's two and a half hours a week. That's 105 hours per year that is stolen. Who pays for that? All of us. Every single one of us on a daily basis. The eighth commandment, you shall not steal, is costing you and I every single day of our life. What if we could get that back and instill that? In a nation's awareness, in a nation's consciousness. Number 9, verse 16. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Not bear false witness. Lying has just become a lifestyle. I mean, it's shameful that we watch on... National TV, the Supreme Court hearings of a judge and we just get up there and can lie and lie and lie under oath and there is no repercussions for doing that. There's been no repercussions for just lying under oath. And look at what that's costing us. Our court systems can be a joke. We've all watched on TV known murderers with a very articulate lawyer because he's able to lie, get murderers off and go, what is that telling a generation? You can do whatever you want to do. All you got to do is get you a good lawyer. Look at the cost of lying are bearing false witness to all of us in our daily lives. My goodness, my goodness, look at what is happening, not just from the thugs on the street line, we're talking all the way up to our elected officials, just lying. Number 10, verse 17, you shall not covet anything that belongs to another. Coveting is wanting what belongs to somebody else. Let me just side note here. All coveting is not wrong, by the way. All coveting is not wrong. 1 Corinthians twelve thirty one, Paul says to covet earnestly the gifts of the Spirit. The things of God you can covet because he is unlimited. There is an endless supply and so you getting gifts from god and me getting gifts from god doesn't diminish somebody else getting gifts from god So you can covet the things of god because it's an endless supply The 10th commandment is don't covet what belongs to another person. We're talking about coveting what belongs to each other coveting Will, it guarantees the unraveling of individuals in a society because it leads to stealing, it leads to jealousy, it leads to illegal practices. The Tenth Commandment endorses having private property and it protects it. This belongs to me. The Tenth Commandment endorses having private property. This belongs to me and you're not supposed to even want it. Look at how a free society is to operate. The Ten Commandments are not religious material that's got to be taken out of state supported institutions. It's very simple. Moses led a society of people out from under a Pharaoh, a king, a dictator rule that just mowed people down that did not obey his edicts now when you come out from under that and you free people to live in a free society god gave us the 10 here's how a society that's going to be free has got to operate and i believe without a doubt America has a choice we can put the Ten Commandments back in every classroom we can put the Ten Commandments back in every uh, 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 In every business we can put the Ten Commandments back in our society and we can live continually live free Or the continual removal of those, we will have to turn to a king, a pharaoh, a dictator that will just mow people down who don't do what he tells them to do. Because you can't live free without the Ten Commandments in daily life. It won't work. It just won't work. When we look at our blueprint of our salvation, after you get saved, after you turn your life over to God, after God brings you out of bondage... Here's the way you need to live. Here's the way you need to live. Let me end with the words of God in Deuteronomy to his people. I set before you today, life and death. Choose life that you might live. The Ten Commandments are not death. They're not bondage. They're not bringing our church back under the law. The Ten Commandments are to free people, to live free, and to worship God. And as we do, the Ten Commandments enable us to live safe, secure, and prosperous. Y'all stand. Lord, today we give you thanks in this place that you didn't just save us, that you didn't just cleanse us, and now let us get out here and try to live on our own shooting one another and eating one another and stealing from one another. Lord, that you delivered us and gave us freedom in life, but then gave us direction on how to live our life and how for all of us to live in a prosperous manner as we worship and honor you. Lord, Directing God our church as this is a place that is infusing your community with your word and your standard for our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.